You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, yoga teacher. Today's episode is about the more real and vulnerable side of teaching yoga. I had a rough day yesterday, actually, and my thoughts and my emotions started to kind of spiral down into the world of, should I quit teaching? Should I just, I mean, is this just too hard of an industry to make a living in? Do I really have anything of value to add? It actually started with something I saw on social media. Even though it was not about me at all, it put me in this vulnerable place of questioning. Then when other things that normally wouldn't bother me started to come up, I noticed that I was really fragile. I took a break in my workday. I was not feeling capable of doing creative work. I sat with my feelings. I observed them. I welcomed them. And I focused on settling my nervous system for the rest of the day. I got things done around the house that made me feel more accomplished. I connected with my kids. And I also put a post on the Yoga Teacher Resource Facebook group sharing about how I felt and asking if others in the group could relate. Wow, I got a huge response. It might be the post that has gotten the most comments on that group ever. One of the comments was a suggestion to make a podcast episode. And I was like, yeah, that is a really good idea. Clearly, this is a universal or near universal experience for yoga teachers. So many other teachers commented about how helpful it was just to know that they're not alone in doubting themselves and feeling like an imposter. I've known about imposter syndrome for at least four or five years. And I remember hearing about it in a way, maybe on NPR or something, that made a huge impact on me. It was this one super famous person sharing about how much better it made them feel when they met another even more famous person who admitted to feeling imposter syndrome. So when I heard that, I had the exact same experience as that super famous person. I wish I could remember who they were of being like, oh, it really never is gonna go away. Never, never, never. Or maybe it's only gonna go away if I stop taking risks and I stop doing things outside my comfort zone. Yeah, maybe then it will go away. (laughs) But that's not what I really want for my life. I know that. I remember what it was like when I first started teaching. That self-doubt was excruciating. I felt so much fear so much nerve, so much questioning. And back then, things were actually a little bit simpler. There was more belief in the magical powers of yoga. So there were less voices asking us to question what we were doing. And I think that those voices are important, and I'm I'm one of them. But as a teacher, as a fragile new teacher, It's nice to feel like you're part of some big, magical, important movement. Also these days, it's easier to compare yourself to other teachers because of social media. 
followers on social media does not necessarily correlate with people signing up for your offerings or the impact that you're making in the world. But when you see other people who've been teaching the same amount of time as you with these really big social media followings, it can start to feel like, oh, what am I doing wrong? The truth is that you might not be doing anything wrong. Your ideal students might not even be on social media. The people following them might not even practice yoga. We really don't know. Another issue these days is more awareness about the potential harms that yoga can cause and the potential pitfalls and the power dynamics of being a teacher. So there's even more pressure to teach good yoga and what that means isn't super clear. I mean, obviously it's yoga that doesn't hurt people, but especially when you first start teaching, you're not 100% sure what that looks like and whether or not you have the skills to do that. I do want to say that if you're a beginner teacher and you have some nervousness around hurting people and keeping your students safe, I think that's actually a good sign. I don't think that we should run around being alarmist about movement and like cautioning our students all the time, like, don't do this, don't do this. But knowing the limitations of our knowledge base and our scope of practice, that's really important. Also, super helpful to remember that we were all beginners at one point, except the only people who were never beginners are people who never started. It's easy to imagine that some people, some yoga teachers were just incredible from the get-go. And this is not true. Some people present with more confidence, for sure. Some people have more personal practice under their belt or experience in other areas of their life that feeds into teaching. So for example, if they already teach movement, then describing the movement of the human body is going to come more naturally to them. But they were still a beginner at that (laughs) at some point in their life. Also, overconfidence can be a detriment. I know some yoga teachers who I've trained and who I have come into contact with who have a beautiful and dedicated home practice. But once they started teaching, their students could not keep up and could not follow along. Those teachers, they didn't have enough experience to be able to step outside their own perspective and teach to bodies that weren't quite as capable as their own. So sometimes having limitations in your own body If you can then find students who live in bodies that are similar to yours can be an advantage. So you don't have to look like the stereotypical yoga teacher and you don't have to be particularly strong or particularly flexible to teach yoga. It's all, (laughs) let's come back to the remembering always that yoga is not about physical accomplishments. If you wish to pursue physical accomplishments, you want to pursue fancy poses or challenging poses because it's enjoyable to you and it's inspiring and you love it, then that is wonderful, but it does not reflect on your abilities as a teacher of yoga. Yoga is about wholeness. Yoga is about remembering a state that is always there but not always easy to access. There is no need to look a certain way to do that. And in fact, I so strongly believe that we need more yoga teachers who don't look like 
the stereotype. So if you're listening and you're in a bigger body or you have some disabilities, physical, you know, neurological differences, racial, like different races or appearances, we need you teaching yoga. We really do. We need representation in yoga. So when I am questioning myself, when I am feeling uncertain or unqualified or like an imposter, what I do is I come back to my practice in the simplest way possible. I think that as humans, we tend to overcomplicate things. As yoga teachers, we agonize over our playlist, we fret over our sequence, we bring essential oils, and we give our students chocolates. And these things can be helpful and they can be lovely. But the truth of yoga is very simple. If you teach yoga asana classes, meaning your classes are primarily based on posture and movement, then that is really all you have to bring on a given day. Breath, focus, consciousness, movement. In the sedentary culture, movement is a incredibly powerful tool for preparing the body and focusing the mind. We don't need all the bells and whistles to teach an amazing class. If you think back on the most profound classes you have taken, it's likely that the class wasn't super complicated. Usually it's not the moment that the essential oils are brought out that you suddenly have an epiphany. The bells and whistles, all the extras we're focused on, A lot of times they are an attempt to cover up our insecurity about whether or not the practice alone is enough. And I totally get it because when you talk about yoga to people who are not yoga teachers or people who have not been practicing a long time and are not connected to the practice, they think it's about the poses and the poses are fine but they're not really enough, okay? So learning about triangle for the sake of triangle is not what's going to capture people's hearts and keep them coming back to class again and again, I don't think, mostly. So there's this fear of like, well, if I can't share the essence of what yoga is in every single class, then you know, I'm not going to be a good yoga teacher, I'm not going to be a successful yoga teacher, whatever the story running around in your head is. So if you love the essential oils, bring them. If having a rocking playlist feels joyful to you and gets you excited to teach, then focus on your playlists. But I do want to invite you to ask yourself, what is it that I'm sharing at the essence And are these things supporting that essential teaching or that essential purpose? Or are they like marketing gimmicks where I just want to trick people to thinking my classes are special because I'm afraid that they might not be? The ability to teach yoga classes that are supportive for your students on a physical level while also making space for a deeper experience, that is a skill that's really developed with consistent practice over a long period of time. So it is easy if you have not been teaching that long, and I would say it's easy to feel impatient. (laughs) And back to the social media, it's 
worse if we see others who we consider to be our peers, who we perceive as being more popular or more successful. And what really helps is to keep coming back to right now, to make space for the full spectrum of feelings that includes doubt, that includes unworthiness, it includes fear, which is a seed feeling, an an emotional seed that's kind of underneath a lot of other feelings. When you welcome these feelings as a vital part of being alive, they lose a little bit of their sting. And the longer you can hold that space of welcoming, the less powerful they are. After a painful day of doubting and questioning like I had yesterday, coming back to center feels really delightful. And I will say that the first thing that helped me was seeing all of the responses on the Facebook group of people saying, me too, me too, me too. I hear you. I feel it too. Then last night, I taught my regular yoga class. Currently, I only teach one public class a week, and I am noticing this trend that I tend to have my self-doubt days on that day. So I really think that the very act of teaching yoga is so personal and so vulnerable that it It's like an invitation. It's like, don't become a yoga teacher unless you're willing to face yourself and face your vulnerabilities. The cool thing is that I start to feel better even before I start teaching. The moment I arrive at the studio and I start seeing the faces of my beloved students, I feel uplifted. And during class, there's no time to focus on myself. I'm 100% there with my students. At the end of class, I meditate while they're in Shavasana and that's like, the most blissful 10 to 15 minutes. I, I, I like to go for a long Shavasana. That is the most blissful 10 to 15 minutes of meditation because it's like I'm holding space for them, but then that responsibility of being there, it just feels like an invitation to step into something bigger than myself. Yesterday, last night, I had a really full class. I had several yoga teachers there as I usually do. And because yoga teachers are the people that I focus on, I do have the intention to teach to them. So I don't hold back and I it's not I I make things accessible because I believe that accessibility targets everyone. But I speak to people in a way of we're already on the same page about what yoga is. In the front row last night, there was a young man who I later found out had only ever attended one other yoga class. He was tall and lanky and he had bright red hair and he was absolutely struggling with downward facing dog. I helped him a few times during class, but I did not change the class based on him because it was a big room. There was a lot of people there and I was making, creating the class, choosing what we were doing based on the whole room. After class, he came up to me beaming, just so happy, thanking me profusely and telling me how much he loved the class. As a fellow yoga teacher, I do not have to tell you how much that meant to me. When he told me that was his second class, I mean, it was like my heart just melted. The next time you doubt yourself, the next time you feel like an imposter, remember that that does not mean it's true. You only have those feelings because you care. And because you care, you'll continue to do your best. Focus on the people you are helping. And remember, you are not alone. You might want to bookmark this episode, especially if you're a newer teacher, and listen to it again. 
because I can tell you for sure that it will happen again. It will happen less and less the longer you teach and you'll get better and better at snapping yourself out of it. But I don't think it'll ever go away. I do have an action item for you this week. Go tell one of your teachers what you appreciate about them. You never know where they are in this cycle and I guarantee it'll make their day. So to summarize, everybody doubts themselves and the bigger game they're playing, meaning the more they're outside their comfort zone, the more they're going to doubt. The intensity and the frequency is going to fade over time, but it won't end as long as you're doing something that you believe in passionately. The process that works for me to deal with it is welcome the feelings, share them with others, make time for self-care and connection, and focus on the simplest and most essential components of yoga when you teach. That's all for this week. I hope it was helpful for you. Please come to the Yoga Teacher Resource Facebook group. Let us know if you're ever having a rough day, and you will be amazed by how many other yoga teachers are going to come and lift you up. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to everybody who's left a review lately. It means so much to me when you do that. It helps chip away a little bit at that imposter syndrome. So thank you. I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope that any moments of self-doubt or imposter syndrome are short-lived and that you use your practice to help you come back to center.